I got two kids, man. Football, football, football put everything in perspective for me, man. Just really like all the way back from high school, how to lead, you know, provide and protect. That's my ultimate thing, provide and protect for my family. I mean, it, it, it set me up with everything I know and who I am today, man. The man I am today, football and my family created it. You know what I mean? You know, I'm still a work in progress on being a father because I never was a father before, but I think I'm doing a pretty good job. And man, it's, it's great, dog. When I say great, it's great. It's amazing. your boy Stump, and I got somebody special with me tonight. You're listening to the Pep Talk podcast. This dude right here, man, somebody special to me, man. We don't we don't get a chance to connect uh, like we did back in the day, but this individual right here, man, played football, played linebacker for Thompson High, had 21 tackles if I ain't mistaken in one game his sophomore year. Junior year was outstanding. Senior year, he won a state championship. I believe the uh, defensive player of the year for the state of Georgia. Went on to play at the University of Georgia, number 42 linebacker, played four years, started three, got a lot of playing time as a freshman year. Went on to play with the Washington Redskins, the Indianapolis Colts, and uh, let's see, the Chicago Bears. None other than Darth Vader himself. Danny Verdun Wheeler, what's good, my oh, brother? My God, what's happening, man? I can't Glad call it, here, man. I can't call it, man. Darth Vader. Darth <laughs> oh, Vader, I ain't heard that in a long time. <laughs> I still remember, man. But listen, uh, back in high school, bro, one of the things, man, that taught me a lot of respect, you're going to think this funny, but it taught me a lot of respect, man, um, amongst uh, our peers was you would not allow anybody to talk in your huddle. <laughs> Tell me about that, man. What gave you that leadership, that uh, command playing linebacker, bro? I, you know, I, don't, I mean, I honestly, now I'm trying to reminisce about that. I do remember that because I was the same way at Georgia. Um, I think I picked it up from, like, going on those camps, man. You know, talking to other college coaches when we was in high school, like sophomore, freshman, sophomore year, junior year. Mm-hmm. I remember some of those other linebackers say, hey, man, we, you know, if you're a leader, you control, you command the huddle, you command everything on the field. So, you know, take charge. I mean, I figured out that was the best way to take charge. Look, we could do our, I'm going to say the call and we can do all the other talking when we, soon we break the huddle. But right now, I need everybody to focus in on the down and distance, the call, so we can get lined up and get ready to play some ball. So, it was just all about a focus thing, man. I, I had, you know, heard it from my brother, your pops, all kind of stuff, man. Just everybody in here telling you about what it takes to be a leader. And you still don't quite know what it means to be a leader. To <laughs> yeah, I feel you. I feel you, man. You know, that that obviously ruffled a little bit of feathers because, like, bro, we we the same age. You're like, hold on, man. I'm talking to you. Hold on. But it, it, it taught you respect, man. It taught you it taught you uh, order, man. It taught you accountability amongst your brothers, man. And that type of leadership that you had, bro, uh, led us to the state championship and having a great defense, bro. We didn't, we didn't. I don't know if you remember this, but we didn't finish the way we wanted to, even though we won state championship because we gave up them twenty seven points to mm-hmm. Thomas County Central, man. But we had a great defense, bro. And I think people don't didn't, didn't realize that because I often scored so many points, bro. But I just got to give you your flowers, bro, for who you are as a person. Uh, right now. Uh, you on the staff at University of Arkansas, bro. You've been grinding it out, 
had a chance to sit down with you at, at Point University, bro, because I worked down in, in LaGrange, and we sat down and had some wings. Just just reminisce and just talk, man, and I'm just glad yeah. to have you on here tonight, bro. Oh, man, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Much blessings, many blessings. Um, and, you know, wouldn't be here without you guys. So, you know, you, you give me the flowers, I give them right back to you guys. Y'all deserve just as much as I do. <laughs> Hey, listen, you you mentioned camps, bro. You mentioned camps, and that's something, man, that I wanted to touch on anyway, bro. We're talking about football camps because my father, your brother, bro, they took us to, uh, man, uh, so many different camps, Clemson, Georgia, Auburn, uh, Florida, Tennessee. We went to all those different camps, bro. I think starting our sophomore year in high school, bro, and some of the things we learned from those camps, obviously we could bring it back. Uh, to Thompson High School personally to get better, but also as a team and to bring some of the things we learned back, bro. But talk about those camps, man, and just the, the times we had bonding with each other, but also, man, learning from these other coaches. Man, it was vital, man. It was something that, you know, I thought was unheard of at the time because no one else really was doing it in our community like that. You know, if people talk about it, try to get people out of camps and so you can get seen and, you know, uh, get notoriety, but... Nobody was doing it, but your father and my brother and a few other people, you know, chilled in, made sure we were doing our part. They were doing their part to make sure we can do our part to help back Thompson and our community. So, man, that, that was a true blessing. That's the only way I know for a fact to this day, I still tell people this, that's probably the only way I probably got to college. Wow. Be honest with you, got out of Thompson to get to college because my vision one. My vision was football, and I always could see it on TV, but mm-hmm. I could never, like, see it, see it. I could never go in person because I never went to a college football game till, you know, high school and all that and, and stuff like that. But taking those summer, um, those counts, man, I learned so much. You know, uh, the friendship me and you, we got when we got when we got the rolling, man. I felt like your game went to a whole nother level. My game went to a whole nother level. You know, we were trained, remember? We were trained before yeah, all yeah. these camps, and you we'd be out there competing against each other. And you probably should have played linebacker. Why should you be playing? They don't tell you. You'd be London Fletch out there. But, I, I was too um, heavy then, bro. I was too heavy then. <laughs> but, man, we, we, we got so much knowledge together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so cool because, you know, not only the knowledge part, we actually build a bond and we start learning different things about each other. Yep. You know what I'm saying? We start yep. learning each other, you know, personalized and where we was going and how we want to handle our futures and, and stuff like that. And man, we both, I was in line with you, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like we was one and one. So I knew going into sophomore, junior year, senior year, I knew if I were going to take lead, I knew you were going to have to take lead too and command your D-line. You know what I mean? So yeah. 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 Every level had to have their own command, but I knew I was straight up front because I knew you were there. I knew I was going to tell them the secondary, second part, and needed somebody back there in the back secondary, you know, kind of is what it is, but they did a great job back there. But, man, I enjoyed all those trips, man. You know, I got a bunch of stories I still remember from those trips. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, we, we had, man, we had some counts now. The more I think about it, we had some counts. I remember in particular, bro, we were riding to Tennessee, and I think we got lost. And we was up, we was up in the mountains, bro, and it was, we was uh, in the mountains. <laughs> it was kind of scary. Sick. I never did that. Like, man, I feel so sick. I think I'm going to throw up, man. Like, what's going on? We was up in the elevations just going around in circles of sun. Like, man, somebody get me out of here. We got lost. And we got to Tennessee. Matter of fact, I think, I can remember, right, it was that year, the year before that, 
I went up there. We went up there and I broke my darn foot. Oh, my, yeah. Year before. Oh, that was I, the same year. I remember that now. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it was the same year. We, we left Clemson or left Georgia. Left Clemson, went to Georgia, and then Georgia went up to Tennessee, I guess. I got up there. I think I broke my foot then. I think that was the time. Wow. And you finished camp, and I just, you know, finished it out, and then we came on back home and had a little surgery. And yeah, we're going to our junior year. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So man, you're talking about camps, man. Obviously, the, the 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 landscape has changed for those those athletes still in high school. But how is how important is it, man, for those middle schoolers, those those ninth, tenth graders, man, to, to to get to camp, man, to get exposure, but also to learn how to be a better athlete? Well, it's, I think it's so key now because well, you got so much technology and social media out there where you can put so much stuff out that we call on our level false prophecy. So you put so much stuff out, oh, he look good, he look great, he look like all that. He'll five star, oh, he'll one star. You know, it looks good on social media, looks good on your highlight tapes, look good on, you know, whatever you're putting it out on. But the most important thing is having a physical coach put his physical eyes mm. on you and his hands on you. That lets you know you can be when he start building that trust and that bond with you and he actually see, you're not 6'4". You know, you six one. Mm. You know, you ain't two fifty. You two oh five. Wow. But or they can start really building that trust. So, man, the, the thing now I see on D one, D one, double A, any level, they really just want to see because they see so much on social media, man. Man, that social media thing, you can you can edit anything, man. You look really good. You look really good. You know, you pull out. Everybody got ten good plays out of you know a thousand. You pull out those 10 good plays, you look like a D1 athlete, but coaches really want to see. And then you know, once they get you there, you can learn so much from them, man, because they ain't trying to – one thing I like, coaches not trying to – they're not trying to alter what you already learned or your high school coaches are trying to teach you. All they want to do is enhance your base principle. Yeah, yeah. But whatever you got, they try to enhance it. You know what I mean? And then when they get to college, you know, every coach on every level think they're the greatest coach ever, so they feel like they can – coach you to what they want, which most of the time they can. So when you go out to these camps and you encourage young men to go to these camps or see them, I tell them all the time, go to a camp. If you don't go to but one camp, go to a camp, you know, be voiceless, be loud, introduce yourself, go talk to these coaches, you know, go get known, go see, you know, let them know, I got an interest in the University of Arkansas. I got an interest in the University of Georgia. You know, if you ever be in this area here in Thompson, Georgia, come by, check us out. You know, and get your name out there like that. That's that's easily now because so many people slide through the cracks. It's probably the best way of doing it now, man. Yeah. So I, I remember, bro, Sandy Creek, um, our sophomore year, bro, you had a hell of a game. I think you had 21 tackles, if not more. And then from that point on, bro, everybody was on notice of Danny Verdun Wheeler. And we come from a small town, Thompson, obviously – uh, prestigious program, but not a lot of people make it to that D1 level. You know what I'm saying? So tell me uh-huh. about your experience, bro, in, in, in recruiting and, and how they came after you after you had that uh, astronomical, you know what I'm saying, performance. Tell me about your recruiting experience, man, and just finishing out high school and then the transition to college. Well, it actually started, man, that year, earlier that year. I don't know if you remember our sophomore season, we ran across some of the best running backs that would go through the state of Georgia in one season. When you talk about, I remember 
We started in Washington Wilkes. Remember we had yeah, well, Dak- they, yeah, Dakers Turner. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then we came down to Statesboro, had them two, three, <laughs> yeah. them three guys. And I feel like it was two more in Augusta that we played. And man, I feel like every week we were playing somebody. So by the time we got to the playoffs, we played Sandy Creek. You know, I was well prepared in the aspect of the moment ain't too big. You know, I know it's just football. You go out here and tackle the man in front of you. Mm-hmm. And they had a really good running back. Um, his name was... Uh, the original guy didn't play. They number one running back, J.R. Lemon. Yeah, he, he was hurt. He was hurt. He ended up going yeah. to Stanford mm-hmm. or Sanford. No, Stanford. And but a backup was, I think, Freddie Germany or something like that. Dude was, I thought he was good. <laughs> really good. Um, and then he ended up going to Ole Miss, I think. But he was really good. Just having that being there. What happened was, in my opinion, it always about. I wasn't getting recruited like that, and I had been going to the camps. People knew you and knew of you and been watching you and said, oh, he's a good player. He's going to be good. We'll give him time. Uh-huh. What happened was the timing, man, like everything else, is timing. That was the first round of the playoffs. And in that playoff game, it wasn't just J.R. Lemon, even though he wasn't playing five-star running back. It was also Freddie Germany. It was also Big Kedrick Ghostin. Yeah. You know, it was also uh they had one other one more other guy, cornerback or something like that. But these guys was all D one big time prospects mm. at Sandy Creek High School. So it just so happened, you know, it was a lot of college coaches there. And it was mm. a lot of two four seven people and scouts and stuff there. And you know, one thing leads to another, like who is this Danny kid that keep making all these tackles? And, not, you know, it's easy to make, I, but people don't understand still to Thompson High, it's easy to make tackle when you got your front in front of you, all they doing is slanting and looping. Now you got to do a run down here. <laughs> just run into somebody, that's pretty easy. Now, it got a lot tougher in college when people want to slant and looping and the guards and tackles could chip and climb right now. It got a little tough. But when you was in high school and you guys made it so easy for me like that, but the recruiting process after that, man, like you said, it took off. And it was a little light, um, going into that game. Then after that game, skyrocketed. And I think everybody around the state found out. I, I want to say it was like 21 solos. And then it was like 20, I don't know, 28 total or something like that. Wow. Wow. But it went, it went, it skyrocketed around. Everybody like, who is that? Right after the game, I remember I got to talking to uh, Kedra Ghost and ended up seeing him like two weeks after that maybe at the Georgia game or something or somewhere like that. And we got to talking about recruiting and he was big time, big time, big time recruiter that way, headed up that way. So um he actually introduced me while I was there to Coach Fab. And he like, man, this guy here, he played lights out. And Coach Fab knew who I was. Now like, wait a minute, now you know who I am? I mean I, I you know I didn't know you know who I was, but so it started right there and, and everything took off like you said and the process got fast. It got, you know, elevated really quick going into the junior year. Um, just had a great time just doing the recruiting process. Talked to them on how many schools. And then, man, you hit all those camps. Yeah. And then I never forget it. I think it was early on. I broke that foot. And then I had to come home, get the surgery, get the screw. And I was late. I made the season, but I was late. I didn't do no fall camp. And I made it back barely, for, I think, for week one. And I just felt like I won myself. And I, I didn't have the power that I really wanted. I missed the summer ball, that summer lifting y'all did. I missed all that. I, we struggled a little bit that season. And as the season kept going, we start, I started slowly gaining a little more confidence, a little more. Um, 
power and energy and getting into that thing. But you know, we we came up a little short. Yeah. That season. Yeah. Um, but the scouts and still was impressed on stuff like that. And then again, like what was key, we went back out on the road going into our senior year, going to these camps. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah, I do. And at that time, now going into our senior year, we had a little, we had a little name behind ourselves, like, okay, these guys from Tonks. You know, these guys here, they pretty, you know, good football team, pretty good player. Well, we hadn't been on this rodeo two or three years in a row, two years in a row. So we already knew what to expect. So once we got out there, everyone we touched after that, I knew what to expect. I knew the drills. I knew how to do them, what to do. We had been practicing them. Mm. And I was just blowing, blowing astronomical people out, just blowing them out, just blowing, you know, the, the three cone, the shuttle, the strip, sack, fumble stuff. We were just, you know, we just had great counts. And every count we went to, they was offering us and, Stuff like that. So they were offering the you. Offering me. <laughs> and the price, they would have been offering you. You should have moved back to that line, bro. Tell me, you mean move back? I ain't never had an opportunity to play, but that's another story. Though. <laughs> you should have moved back. You should have played line. I wish you would play linebacker. I wouldn't have got on the field. You had Castleberry. You had Mad Dog yourself. I wouldn't have got on the field, bro. You would have got on the field. We could have easily flip flopped somebody. I could have, you know, I started out at D line. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I was in middle school out D line. We could have easily, I could have flipped out of D line. <laughs> but I'm glad I did flip D line. Yeah. But. But but check it though. So you know you you go through senior year. We have a great year, bro. We win the state mm-hmm. championship. So bro, like you you sitting on top of the world. We all sitting on top of the world, bro. And then mm-hmm. you go to University of Georgia. Mm-hmm. So tell me about that experience because I'm pretty sure you had to pretty much go to the bottom of the totem pole. They got all these five stars, four stars, or whatnot. And you got to go in there and you got to grind and and try to find your way. True. So like you said, man, we sitting on the bottom of the totem pole. But in your class. Everybody kind of know who you was. I came in as a little leader in my class just because you know, I came out national high school player of the year and state of Georgia player of the year. So I had a little name, a little thing behind me. I knew all three of the linebackers that were starting in that 4-3 defense had left the year before. So that was one of my main reasons why I went to Georgia. Um, and, but once I got there, man, you know, I, I'm always a humble guy. I've always been humble. I'm never going to toot my horn on nothing like that. But I was humble even more I didn't think I could get humbled like that, but soon I got there, the competition level was ramped, ramped up, and it was full speed all the time. You remember how we used to practice in high school? We may practice, you know, we would practice full speed, but it may be over like three, four hours. You know what I'm saying? No, we would take two of our practice in high school, squeeze them into one full practice in an hour and 45 minutes. When I say it was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life, because it was never any downtime to get anything. You know, we used to say, take a water break. It was never time to take a water break because the girl was right behind you. Our water girl was right behind you after every single thing, getting your squirt. You ain't catch it right then and you missed it, your time to go again. So the transition was a little tough on that part, the intensity trying to keep up. But just watching those monsters and those people like that in front of us, just seeing how they work, come together, how they grind and do all that thing, it, you knew what you wanted. Yeah, you yeah. knew you wanted to be a part of that. And you were willing to do whatever it takes to become a part of that. You know, you know, and then eventually they opened their arms up to you and you was able to grasp it, learn it. You know, they trust you was the most important thing. Then the coaches trust you. And he was able to build a little confidence and get yourself in a, a rhythm and a groove. And before you know it, you're in a few ball games, you know what I'm saying? But 
that transition, man, from high school to college, probably the hardest, hands down, probably the mm-hmm. hardest thing you had, I had to do in my career thus far. Um, it was just so much growth leaving from a small town of Thompson, going into really a small town of Athens, but I mean, I was a big fish. I had to work my way up to a big fish, yeah. You're in the limelight, yeah. bro. Yeah, like the first person I met when I got to campus was Miles Lucky. He was a all all SEC linebacker. He was a triplet, and he pretty much told me, "Man, I, man, get ready. You supposed to be the guy. Let's see it." And you know, wow. So, so let's see it. So that transition was good. It was hard. It was good. I wouldn't change nothing about it. Um, I got some stories, man. On some coaches, you know, the coaches that recruit me, John Favors, mm-hmm. Brian Van Gorder. I mean, they was the most intense coaches that I've been around. When they recruit you, they were the nicest guys I've ever seen in my life. Like, the nicest, friendliest, open guys, book, bring them into your grandma's house, eat dinner. Um, I think my very first practice, duh, was, you know, helmet practice, and we running out on kickoff, full speed kickoff, working on drills and stuff like that, special teams. and. I know I did the drill right to this day. I know I did. Because <laughs> I'm a perfectionist. I try to do everything right. I did uh, uh, real, whatever it was, real pin pool, something, I don't know. And I turn around and just jog back, just jog back out the field. You know, I don't ran probably 40 yards down the field. And when the coach, when I kicked, when he kicked the ball off, he was 40 yards back. Soon I turned around, the coach was in my face. Like, Damn, he was just 40 yards back there. He in my face. When I say he might have said 20 things to me, 19 on cussing words. <laughs> and I never forget, I said something back. You know, that was my first time. I ain't never, I don't talk back, but I said, I said something to him. I'm like, I thought you were my guy. But he said another 50 words. This time, 50 on with cussing words. And I mean, I, I got out the field. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I got myself into. Um, man, that was a hard. That was first practice. That was a hard practice. I never forget. Me and Fernando would go after that first practice. We got in the room together. You know, we was in, we were rooming together. We got in the room together. And we were just like, I don't know, dog. <laughs> don't know. Shout out to Fernando. <laughs> Shout out to my guy Fernando Velasco. I had some doubt, man, but we prevailed. We pushed through. So, yeah. That's what's up, bro. That's what's up, man. And. You had a, a, a successful college career. And everybody, well, not everybody, but a lot of people dream, man, of, of playing in the NFL, bro. You you play this game in high school, recreation in middle school, and you, you go to college and you want to make it to the NFL, bro. You And you had an opportunity to do that, man. So tell me about your experience there. Man, it was a crazy experience, man. It was really, really good, really short. Um, probably could have been a lot longer. Uh, Should have been a lot longer, but ego and stubbornness just – just couldn't, I couldn't hold on and just keep doing what I'm doing. But um, just getting the opportunity to go out there and work out with the Bears, man, and just seeing how they ran something, how you now take football as, like, truly life, academics, school. I mean, like, academics, it's life. You know, it's ball. You know what I'm saying? It's everything that you want to be. You got the G on your helmet. You got, you got the people, you got the state behind you. To going up to Chicago – to nobody, everybody outside fans knowing who you are. In the building, they know who you are. But it was such 
it was such a business, dog. You never, you're not prepared for such a business like that. When I say corporation, it was crazy, man. It was just, I ain't had to do no academic words. It was all about playbook and can you perform. Um, so that experience was great, man. I enjoyed it being around some of those guys, man. Um, you learn so much because there's so many different personalities. You know, even at Georgia, you got so many people coming in, but you kind of grow into a similar personalities because you've been with them four years or something like that. In the league, you're talking about people coming from Seattle all the way from Miami, all the way from Maine, uh, you know, all the way across the state. I mean, across the U.S. With different personalities, different everything. So it's a great experience, man. I can't, I can't, it's sometimes hard to explain because I still get excited about it. I love watching football. I love watching the NFL. You know, I, I love, you know, still sizing up guys like, oh, man, he, he can go, you know, he's pretty good, you know. <laughs> yeah. How they ride, they drop that guy. But, I mean, you know, to, if it's to, to, to they own, you can you do it like that. So, but it was a good experience, great experience. Um, just very business-oriented. So, you know, part of my job now is just trying to get guys ready for that business. You're so babied in college. Mm. You're more babied in college than you are in high school. Yeah. Well, people don't understand that. Yeah. Um, because D1 programs are so built on performance for the coaches and those fan bases that coaches want to see you be academically sound, but they want to get them W's first. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... That that was was a little strange, a little thing about it. So we're so baby, and you didn't. I didn't have player development when I, I was. We didn't have it when I was at Georgia, or at least I didn't know we had it. So the transition was a little. It was a little rocky. It was a little. I wasn't patient enough with it. But man, the NFL was great, man. The hotels, the travel, um, you know, you're locking next to, you know, you're locking next to. Erlacher. Ryan Erlacher and Lance Briggs. Ryan Erlacher on this side, Lance Briggs on this side. And back then, they were still doing paper checks. I never forget, they were still doing paper checks. And uh, Briggs had just signed, you know, uh, Briggs had just signed a franchise tag for, I don't know, 18 million or something like that, maybe 16 million. Something crazy. Um, but week one, I just happened to be around right before I got cut. And we got that check, you know, I opened up my chest. Ooh, what? <laughs> I got yeah. some change, y'all. I got some chain. You know, early like looking at me like, bro, this little rook, man, I got some chain. This is what they do all the time. I found out, I got some chain. He looked, he said, man, you want to open my chest? And no, 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 I'm good. I don't owe nobody a chain. That's your bit, that's your bit. Bridge look though, he said, man, open my check. For Joe, open my chest. Man, I don't owe me chase. He said, man, you better open my check. I said, all right, all right, yeah. I look at his check, I open it. I said, is this a year salary? What's wrong with this? Why is there so many zeros behind it? Like, something ain't right here. Dude, when I said in one week, word for work, that man got paid over a million dollars for one week. Wow. I ain't talking about for a couple of years. We talking about one week. I was thinking to myself, like, man, that right then gave me hope and dreams and like, if he can do it, I know I can do it. Yeah, I got yeah. I got to figure this out. You know, but, you know, he got drafted. I was undrafted and, you know, get more chances because, again, pride and ego is there, but it's all about business. But, man, I still tell people, man, that man had a check. A check, man. I, I had asked. I literally asked. So, what? 
who you bank with? And then how do you do it? Do you go to the bank? Do you be like, hey, I want to cash your check? Do they bring out a wheelbarrow full of hundreds to make a million dollars? How do you do that? Do you tell them, hey, man, I want to deposit 1.2 right now, but I want to pull out 200K. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, I used to ask a question like, he said, man, y'all, you, like, you crazy, bro. Like, man, I ain't crazy. I want to know. I want to know. I want some of that money, too. I want to know some of that money. I want to see how y'all get it. I'm trying to get it, man. But, man, it was a great experience. A lot of friends. Met a lot of new people. Um, a lot of the guys I played with in Chicago, most of them coaching now. So it's good to keep up with them. A lot on D1. I got one at, you know, University of Virginia, um, Austin P. Man, they, they over everywhere. You know, Hampton University. So, man, it's good to just build that network and that brand and stuff through the NFL. And it was a great, it was a great time, great time. But that's what's up, man. <clears throat> that's that's a crazy experience, a lifetime experience mm-hmm. that many people wish they can get, bro. So I'm glad you got a chance to to be around those individuals, man. To to get that experience man, and to be a relationship, because that's one thing I found out too, man. After all this stuff, bro, it's, it's about your network. It's about who you know, man. You know, a yeah. lot of times. You know, people, they burn their bridges or whatnot, but you build those relationships with people in college and high school, even uh, even high school whatnot, man. These these guys run Fortune 500 uh, companies now, you know what I'm saying? And if you treated them, yep. bullet them and all that kind of stuff, you treated them crazy, then you kind of miss out on some of the fun, man. So that's good, sure. bro. Um, So in, in the role that you're in right now, bro, at, at University of Arkansas, I know that life after football is really big for you. So how did football, bro, prepare you for fatherhood? You got two sons, dog. I got two kids, man. Football, football, football put everything in perspective for me, man. Just really like all the way back from high school, how to lead, you know, provide and protect. That's my ultimate thing, provide and protect for my family. Um, I mean, it, it, it set me up with everything I know and who I am today, man. The man I am today, football and my family created it. You know what I mean? Like my relationships. The people I seen, the people around like you, your family, your father, um, things how we transition, all those things, man, all those little mini blessings, which I call mini blessings, because I had an opportunity to see them create who I am today. And you know, I'm still a work in progress on being a father because I never was a father before, but I think I'm doing a pretty good job. And man, it's it's great, dog. I say great, <laughs> it's great, it's amazing, man. My my oldest one. Really starting to talk now, learning how to talk good, and, and it's crazy, man. He's so in love with his little brother too, so I love to see that. And, and he's tough, man. That joke was tough. When I say tough, man, it worries me because he wait. I think he already tougher than I was. You know, he he's gonna be a little athlete, but I don't know if he really. I look at the game all day, every day, thinking, man, I don't know if I want to play, be an athlete. Yeah, Ain't gonna push it on him, yeah. but if it's what he want to do, I you know. I, I support him 100%, but fatherhood, man, I, I wouldn't change nothing about the process, the way I'm doing it. The people I seen, my brothers, uh, Chris, all my brothers, Glenn, Chris, Randy, I'm all my best friends, all you guys, um, my uncles, even my, because, you know, I was raised by a lot of women. Uh-huh. Same here, bro, same here. Even, even my mother, my grandmother, my aunts, stepmom, you know, I was raised by a bunch of them. So, man, I, I, I've learned so much and it's been so crucial to the development of myself on how to raise a child. And again, it ain't no blueprint or no plan out there, no book that can tell you how to raise your child. Amen. But you got enough life experiences and challenges and stuff you've seen how not to do things 
um, and how to do things. And you just trying it out as you go with your family. But man, it's a blessing, man. Blessing. That's what's up, bro. That's what's up, man. So I got a couple more questions for you and then I'm gonna let you go. Cool. But man, I, I believe that your your life, uh, your football journey and the things you're doing right now is book worthy, right? So mm-hmm. if they offered you a book deal, bro, what would be the title of your book? Uh, that's a good one, man. That's a good one. Cause I like tell people all the time. I try to stay. I try to act like my my past is easy. I had a good life. God done blessed me a lot. So, um, I don't. I, let me let me come back. Let's come back. Now. <laughs> come back I, now. I I throw that one on you, man. But I I, I know. There's some people listening, man, that, that got some resources. Get this man a book. <laughs> <laughs> but then the last thing, bro, the last thing is, this is this is funny when I when I look back over it, bro, but it was me, you, and it might have been one other individual. I think Jerome, Jerome Johnson. Bro, we was in the band. <laughs> we, we were in the band, bro. And ain't it's too bad, many people, ain't, ain't, ain't too many people that were in the band and played football, bro. And I remember, I remember my mom and all my kinfolk used to pick. They was like, "What you gonna do? You gonna march at halftime?" <laughs> yup, yep. that's what they used to say. So, man, tell me about man, just being multi talented, bro. Because you played soccer, you know, track and field, you won the state in the discus, man. Uh, you obviously played football, man. So, just tell me about just being multi talented and being involved in a lot of di- different extracurricular activities. Man, it was just you know, I enjoyed the passion. I enjoyed competing. I enjoy being around everyone. You know, believe it or not, man, like I said, I would put this in the book if I did write it. The main reason I was probably good in sports, or if y'all say I was good, or I did so many sports, I really didn't like to go home. <laughs> it wasn't nothing wrong with home. I just didn't like to go home. <laughs> I like to be around y'all so much. Like, man, I don't go home. Get in. Go play some basketball out there. Let's go play some football. Y'all don't run track. Like, you go throw the shot. Like, what time y'all get out of practice? Like, five? Oh, shoot, I can stay here to five? What's up? I'm staying. I just didn't want to go home, to be honest with you. That was the main thing. Um, but then when I got to doing something, I knew I had to be, if I'm going to do it, I got to at least give my best. You know what I'm saying? I got to give my all. Yeah. Um, man, man. Ben, I, I still with this. I still got this thing today, man. And I broke this process a little bit. But if you saw something, I try to finish it. That's my goal to try to finish. Amen. So I knew I wanted to play in the I wanted to be in the band in the sixth grade. Was the fifth grade, maybe? Cause I think, I think middle school started, I think. Sixth grade. Middle, middle school, sixth grade started, but I remember in fifth grade, they did some kind of you let the band members come over and they did something to kind of encourage people to get people to come in or something like that. And I was sitting in a class, a music class in fifth grade, and they came in and they brought these instruments, some kids were playing. And I heard that too. <laughs> and all I could think about was I want some bass in my trunk, that deep bass do 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 when I get a car stuff. And that's all I could hear was bop, 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 All I heard was that. And I was just like, boy, what is that? I got to do that. <laughs> oh, I fell in love with that thing, dog. And I was like, I gotta play the tuba. You see that bass? My mama, I told my mama that time, yeah, bass was so crazy. So going to see this girl, yeah, I got in the band and then I got into it. You know, 
Band was fun, man. Band was cool. Band was easy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you practice a little bit. You enjoy it. It's a different crowd. Crowd. It's a different environment. Yeah, yeah. So you, you can be a different person over here, and a different person over there, and you know you mix and match, and you know it made your popularity or you know love for people even more because you you see how hard these band people work. If you yeah. ain't working that, working that hard, now they looking at you crazy. Like, wait a minute, I got I got to step my game up. Then you look at these football people over here working hard or basketball. So, man, it was great. Band was great. Uh, track and field. I knew I always wanted to do track and field, but I kind of procrastinated on it because I felt like somebody was telling me not to do track and field. But I, like, I, I just do field there. And I, I think Coach Burnett encouraged me to go out there. Hey, man, why don't you? Go throw the shot at disc or something. Like, man, I don't even know what a shot at disc is. What are you talking about? <laughs> I ain't even have a clue what he was talking about. <laughs> like, what? So I get out there one day. You was already out there, I think, and picked up the shot. Like, what are they? What, you, what, y'all, what y'all doing? Well, let me see what you do. And you just throwing it out there for like, Look at my dog. Now I think I can do that. And same thing with discus. And I'm like, I think I can do that. So that was cool. Basketball, I played, dabbled in that a little bit. But my thing, man, my number one thing, still to the day I tell people, was that soccer. Yeah. I, I was a soccer fan. I still love soccer. I love watching that. I love watching the European leagues. You know, I try to go to as many matches as possible. You know, up here on our campus, I love going to see our girls play here. Um, USA soccer, you know, MLS. I've been to a couple of games. Man, I love that, John. Man, if I, football didn't work, cup up, I promise you. I would I would have went after that soccer. I mean, I would have went after the hall. <laughs> I believe you, bro. I believe. I could nobody could nobody believe this man was out there playing soccer, bro. And I remember it was a couple of times <laughs> that some of that stuff, you know, you, when you're doing extracurricular activities, some of that stuff interfere. It, it crossed over mm-hmm. a little bit, man. Like, they were like, they were like, man, you going to a soccer because you had soccer games on Thursday or something like that. We had football had practice, game, and football they were tripping. Them. They were tripping about that, man. So yeah, that's crazy. That's crazy. They used to be mad about it, but I like, I can't. I, I started, man, on five. I can't start now. You know, I got them good at it. it was pretty cool. You know, that was fun. You know, and then mainly my coaching teammates that was on the soccer team were depending on. Me. So I like I ain't for letting I ain't for letting nobody down. I can do both. That's all the way it was. I just I, I hated letting people down. You know what I'm saying? I just yes, didn't sir. like it. But I, but soccer was really really cool. It's really fun. Um, it helped me be a better football player because it helped me uh, with my footwork. It helped me with actual vision and hand eye feet coordination. People don't know that with your hand eye because I played a little goalie. I wasn't I wasn't the best at goalie. I'm more of a better defender, center center D or something like that. But all that stuff intertwines and re- it, it helps another sport. We talk about that to this day. It's hard to recruit a player that just play football. It's just hard. Wow. Because because if you're a D1 five star at some point you don't play, especially if you O line D line, you probably don't wrestle. And if you're really really good, you don't wrestle. Or you don't do some kind of track or something like that. You know, if you're a tight end or receive, you probably don't play basketball, work on your footwork, your vision, your hand, hand-eye coordination, stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? So every sport helped the next sport. That's part of our big one. I'm recruiting to when we get started. We like to, what else you do? You know, you just football? You only been playing that your whole life? Okay. So, you know, ain't no knock on you, but... We know you're going to be lacking in some of the deficiencies on some things that we think that some you should be already developing that some people already have. So that's always the key, man. When we got to recruit certain kids, just, you know, look and see what everybody's doing. So for me, 
playing all the other sports, all I know is it just helped help one thing else. You know what I'm saying? It yeah. helped one other. So I was always fine with that. That's what's up, bro. <clears throat> Again, bro, I got to give you your flowers, bro, uh, for just, just being the man you are, uh, for the special relationship that we have, bro, like for real. Like you were very instrumental in me, you know what I'm saying, playing football because when I went to those camps, if you didn't know, bro, like, and this is no, this is no shade to anybody, just it's just life. But when you when you when you're around six foot two guys, six foot three guys, six foot, six foot four guys, and you the only small dude out there, it can be very discouraging, especially when they walk over you to skip over you, man. But you was the type of individual you were always going there, pat me on my back, and just the words of encouragement of saying, bro, you got this, bro, you the best D lineman I've ever seen. Stuff like that, mm-hmm. bro. That 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 helped me, you know what I'm saying, to push forward, to keep going. <laughs> Even in band, bro, just you being the, the the silly, goofy character you are, bro. Like that that made that made those band practices so easy, man. You know what I'm saying? Just laughing and having a good time. You know what I'm saying? Being at camp with you, whatnot, and, and traveling and, and get and getting a chance to experience those things, bro. And then just watching you from afar, bro. And you know, like I said, you you married, man, tail step. I said, what's up? Um, you know what I'm saying? Give your kids some love, man. But just watching you from, from afar, the opportunity you have now at University of Arkansas to continue your coaching career, bro. Like you can't ask you can't ask no more from a, a, a friend and what you've been to me uh, throughout the years. But even though we haven't had the, the opportunities to really sit down like we wanted to and just chop it up, but bro, I just I'm just so proud of you, man. I love you, bro, and I miss you, bro. Oh man, I appreciate these flowers, man. You know I love you. Um, I love everything about you, man. Look. I ain't gotta I ain't gotta go into details about what you mean to me, but I, I keep it straight straight up with you, man. Watching you and how you persevered and how you carried yourself and how you marched through so many doors that was closed or so many people saying, no, nah, that you small. Now that that's encouraging. That that that's that's the that's that's the flower though. You know, that's that's who deserved flowers. And to see you standing and the man you are today, how you carry yourself with your family. How you push forward on all your albums and your records. You know, you push forward uh, as a father. Let me tell you something, man. That's them flowers. That you deserve flowers for that, man. And you know, if everybody who listening to this thing or going to listen to it, and I got thousands of people from Thompson, thousands of people from West Georgia, can tell y'all, cold pepper, not cold pepper, but cold pepper. That dude was cold, man. <laughs> That dude was cold oh, on man. the field, man. He was when I say cold, unstoppable. I I still to this day and my homeboys, everybody know Jap Cap, uh, Fernando, everybody. They would tell you this dude right here, cold. I couldn't. I'm telling you, I wouldn't be me because I made sure every time I like I gotta get on that. I gotta make sure I'm on his side. I gotta stand behind him because I know he was going. He was going to slap one of these guards <laughs> in the face or one of the tackles in the face. And I was going to run free. You were cold, my man. Wow. I'm talking about you were cold. I appreciate that. Hey, hey, not yeah, that's, to mention now. Let me tell you something. One of the hardest instruments in the band is what? They got that <laughs> trumpet. <laughs> get, who, get who was a master on that trumpet, y'all. That boy, that was, he was cold with it, man. That boy really had to practice out there in that trumpet. You know, two, we back there. We, we got we got an easy baseline. You know, we ain't got all them trips, all them. We ain't got all that. We got that ball. <laughs> Man, that boy that was cold, cold pepper was cold now. So I appreciate you, man. Look, keep grinding. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Appreciate you having me on this uh, podcast, man. It's been a blessing to you. Much love, respect to you and the family. Great blessings, my man. 
Yes, sir, man. It's been a pleasure, bro. Make sure you get that book title, bro, because we need that book in about five years, bro. If we don't get it right now. I got you, man. I got you. You have listened to the prolific, encouraging platform, the Pep Talk Podcast. Man, we pray you were blessed. We pray you were motivated. We pray you were inspired. We pray you were encouraged, man. Always remember, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Yeah, Pep, Pep Talk. Talk.